How sweet it is to return to your loving embrace podcast listeners. It is I the talking robot that can talk. Welcome to another excellent episode of Sauce Talk. We have a great show for you Bill is here. Bill is here what is this the opening to a Duke basketball game on ESPN? Bill is here. Bill is here. Bill is here. Bill is here. God I don't even like college basketball why are we doing this joke for so long? On with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been far too long, but we're we're proud to say we're finally back, and we've got a hell of a guest on the other end. Say hello, everybody. It's Bill Kalish. Hello, everybody. Yeah. And John. How you doing tonight, Bill? Good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Not going to fuck around. Eat anything good lately. (laughs) Just getting right into it. Need it. Um... So I, I mentioned this before we started. Um, I've been giving this a lot of thought because I because I knew it was coming. Sure. Right. And and um, I, you know, against my better judgment, I think Alex is just going to have to deal with it. I had this great pizza last night. Hell yeah! That was like fantastic. So we finally, the city of Rochester, the bustling metropolis on the Genesee River, uh, finally has one or two places doing quote Detroit style pizza. Oh, nice. You know, with the with the, the crust around the edge and the whole, you know, the sauce all over it and everything. Um, and they just opened a couple weeks ago. And the first night was like, you know, as first nights go, like, it was fine. But it seemed like the process needed a little refinement. And so last night uh, I told Alyssa, I'm like, yeah, no, we're, we're just, we're getting pizza. It's called Pizza Wizard, you know, because that's what you name a pizzeria. I wish pizza I was parlor. a pizza wizard. <laughs> I think I might be now. That's true. Um, you should look. You should you get tested every six months or so. <laughs> Just make sure. I, I have symptoms of being a yeah. pizza wizard. Um, <laughs> and so I mean, I'm currently <laughs> being exposed to a pizza wizard. I have to quarantine yeah, you, the same way. Exactly. You get digital pizza wizard infection. Um, so yeah, pretty basic, you know, Detroit style pizza, really light, like fluffy crust thing. Uh, it was fantastic. I was really, really excited. It was much better than the first time. Both Alyssa and I agreed. So. So that's that's my good thing. It sounds like a really good thing. I love that when you were able to successfully track like a restaurant improving like that. There is a like you can like see the difference from like the very very beginnings, and then you go back later and it's like you guys are getting this sorted out. This is good stuff. For sure, and it's very much a thing because man, that first run for a lot of places is just was a little dicey. Some of our favorite joints were maybe a little underwhelming at first, and have now grown into be the jam. I, there's a Mexican restaurant that opened very shortly after I moved to where I live right now. And the first time I went there was one of the very first nights, and it wasn't very good. But it's, it also kind of helps in that sense because, like, it's extremely – it's, like, a block away from my house. So, like, I have a lot of incentive to see this through and let them get good. Right. And so, like, especially, like, you have limited uh, Detroit-style pizza options. You're like, you know what? The first time didn't go great, but – I want to see you guys succeed. I'll come back. Right? We can try this again. Please feel free to make me a good pizza at some point here. And it sounds like they yeah, do. Yeah, and it's it's either the local joint or uh, the Little Caesars, which the Little Caesars deep dish is, is you know, a classic, mm-hmm. but not quite the same. Or gas station. There's a gas station around here that makes Detroit-style pizza. <laughs> but 
Oh, again, we all have to have our limits, and I think uh, the fast track for pizza is probably a little beyond mine. So, I think that uh, Little Caesars was the first time I ever encountered Detroit-style pizza. I don't think I knew what it was before that. Yeah, yeah, that's probably right. I'm trying to think. I'm like They were like, this is... It's obviously the Little Caesars version, but I, I remember liking that. And then all of a sudden I go, what if a real restaurant made one? Now we've got something right. going here. Yeah. Not to malign. Yeah, I, th- and I think that whole thing ha- happened like, I don't know, eight to ten years ago. The the slow growth of Detroit-style pizza. Yeah. So it's, it's nice that it's finally gotten here, you know, a decade later. I, I will, it's a good lag time. I, I have it... Infrequently, there is a place in town that I have been to a couple times, and I, I liked it. That does Detroit style, but it is not like deliverable, and it's not close enough that I'm walking over there or driving over there to pick it up during COVID times. Mm-hmm. So I just haven't had it since. But I don't. There's not. It's not a, a ton of it out there. Like I, I feel like this is there's a, a room for growth here. We can get more of this. Okay. Detroit All right. Yeah. Let's people. keep it going. Let's do it. Okay, that's a good topic. Now, we're off to a good start, and that could be detrimental to our next topic. Topic number <laughs> one, or I don't count anything good lately as its own category. Now we're into the topics. Topic one, should we get in a fight? Um, that's the question. You don't have to answer it yet. I'll tell you some more about it. I was talking to Gina uh, earlier. As I talked to her almost every day. We live in the same house. It'd be weird if we didn't. But I was talking to her today. And she said she was listening to a podcast, and it was like it's like an outdoors podcast. They talk about like hiking and nature and stuff, and places to go on adventures. This isn't this isn't like Jimmy Houston's bass fishing podcast. It is right? not. There's no bass fishing. I think they're much nicer <laughs> to the animals than that. Um, but she said that I, th- I, th- I think it was one of the hosts, and then the guest got into a big fight. And she said it was, okay. it was really good. And then one of the, like, I think the host, like, won the fight. It's like, trounced the guest about this issue they were talking about. And Like, on the merits? I think so, yeah. Like, I haven't listened to this. But then it occurred to me, I've listened to a couple other episodes of podcasts. I don't listen to this outdoors podcast. But specifically, I remember there's an episode of the, the podcast, Doughboys, where they review chain restaurants where the hosts just straight up are fucking pissed off at each other at the start. And I truly believe legit get into a real bad spirited argument on the podcast. About, and, about like fast food? Uh, no, they're just pissed off at each other. And they're like, Oh, okay. And so like one of them makes a remark about how he has to fucking get everything set up and do all the work. And the other guy's like, I'll fucking do some work if you give it to. And the, it was great. I really enjoyed really? listening to like a real fight. So I thought, that's at least two, and I, I think there's another. Oh, there's been. It's a lesser thing, but sometimes, like it's like on podcasts, you can tell, like on comedy, bang bang, and other things, certain people have certain relationships, and you can fucking tell that some of the stuff is jokes and some of the stuff is not. I like it when people are mad at each other and in a fight. Um, so I thought maybe we could get into a fight <laughs> if you want. Whoa. Well, look, I, we've been we've been friends for many years now, right? That's more than a dozen or so. <laughs> we've been frenemies for at least twelve years, and I feel like any of the times we've ever gotten anything that's that's like even careened toward fight, 
have not been good situations because it's like I acted out and you yelled at me or like subtly said, don't do that anymore. So maybe not the best idea, but do you have like some sort of suggestion as to what we could fight about? Well, I was going to go I mean, through look, that, I, but I think you've made a great point here. I think that you and I, bad candidates for getting into a fight on the podcast. Yeah, not good. I think that we don't have the, the right temperaments together. Who do you think I should get into a fight with on the podcast? Okay, now see this. This is what we're talking. About. I hadn't considered right. this, but I think you're right. Whenever we've gone down that road, I don't think it's been. I think there. I think there's a fight out there that can be to the mutual benefit of me and the listener at home, and then fuck the person I fight with because they're irrelevant. Okay, so can we just before we get into this, right? Can we just acknowledge that there's like a meta element here that based on who we talk about the chances of them being willing to get in a fight with you are going to go through the fucking roof, right? Like, if we say anybody here, they'll be like, what What the fuck is it about me that, that makes me okay to fight with? And then it's going to go, and it's, it's just going to happen. I think you're right. This guy I'm going to fight with sounds like a real shithead. I'm excited <laughs> to find out who he is. So, I mean, look, I'd be lying, right? I'd be lying if my name or if my mind didn't go to one very specific place. And that's very clearly someone that I've not gotten in fights with, but been a little testy with on occasion. And I think at, at various points, this gentleman has wanted to wring my neck if he could fit his little little hands around my big old Coliseum pillars of, an, of a neck. Uh, but I think it's Lee, right? It's got to be Lee. Like, just because Lee's very opinionated and he's clearly trained in a way to like deliver those opinions with like maximum force and as sharp as possible. And look, attorneys, law school people, whatever the fuck we are, it kind of draws from a pool of, of easily, you know, amped up assholes, mm -hmm. right? Like not Dave Artman. Dave Artman's pretty low key, nice guy, right? But everybody else is, is real strong. He opinions, <laughs> even if we're not super loud about it. So when Lee comes at you with, with the subway, and the here's what I think about football, like it's it's like jarring, and it's it easily leads to like, hey, you know what, fuck you, Lee, and then it's go time. Even though objectively, Lee is like one of the two or three most fun people to hang out with. He's a fun um, person. Um, yeah. I also think part of the I, I agree completely. I especially think I have so many thoughts here. I think Lee's a great choice. Uh, in part, like so, he's a good choice because I really can see myself getting into a fight with Lee where I got mad and we screamed at each other and within like an hour it was not a big deal which Correct. is not true I think there are other fights I could have on again on the podcast I'm not gonna like show up at somebody's house and like the fight is I punch you while you're asleep and so like that I don't think my friendship could overcome with anything but I think that there are people in the league if we had if I had to fight with them on the podcast for fun it would still be a major detriment going forward Whereas I think Lee right. and I could just fucking yell at each other about some shit. And then an hour later, I'd be like, yeah, I watched this movie. And he's like, oh, really? Was, was that good? Did you like that? And we'd just talk about totally how fucking fine. good the movie was. Absolutely. Um, on the other hand, I I think that if we all... We, this is too complicated a game to actually play. And uh, too many convoluted directions it could go. But if I made a list of the people who I think are the most generally correct about things, I'd probably put Lee towards the top. 
I, like, I, I, I'm I, a stupid dude. Yeah. So it might be more difficult for me to find. Like, I don't want to be in a position where I'm like, I'm just going to tell Lee some lie and say that's my belief, and then try to get into a fight with him about it. <laughs> because I, I think I think we're going to agree on a lot of stuff. You basically just have to wait for like the Bears to draft and or acquire <laughs> a quarterback that isn't very good, but that, like, is just good enough to, like, get Lee kind of amped up, you know? And that gives you, like, a solid three years of waxing and waning disappointment that you can really kind of, like, pick at, and then he gets really upset. He doesn't want to hear any bullshit. Of you talking any shit about Jake Cutler, even though right from the get-go it was like, yeah, no, this isn't going to work. But no, no, no. If we could just do this, if we could just get someone other than Johnny Knox, everything will be fine. And then it's just, <laughs> you know, it's like hitting one of those those turbo boosts in Mario Kart. You're just yeah. gone. It's like, all right, let's do it. I think the, you, you landed on something perhaps by accident there. That's another reason why it might be difficult for me to get into a fight with Lee is because not only do – and perhaps this reflects poorly upon me what I'm about to say <laughs> – but not only do I, perhaps because I think of Lee as so correct all the time, I also think that Lee and I are incorrect in the same direction frequently. Such as when I was like, no, actually, Jay Cutler's really good. So I assume that we'll just start winning. We'll just 12 games every year really soon, right? And so we're going to go off on the wrong direction there. But I, I do think you mentioned sports. I think I could talk a lot of shit about Zach Levine and maybe we'd, We'd get that, get into the territory we need to find. But hasn't Zach Levine sort of like, like uh, I don't know, there's a word that I'm looking for that I can't figure out right now. Lost but hasn't his Zach entire Levine career, like, always sucked. No, but didn't, hasn't he sort of like been okay the last year and it, like better than expected the last year and a half or so? I don't want to put any cards on the table until I actually have Lee on here to get into okay. the fight. All right, well, I, 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 am, wanna... I, am, I am still very... I, I still would describe Zach Levine as a losing player in any situation. <laughs> yeah, that's and in fair. fact, the better that's your fair. team is, the more of a losing player he is. He's like a poor man's DeMar DeRozan, basically. I could see DeMar DeRozan helping an okay. I, I, in fact, I have seen yeah. DeMar DeRozan help a good team. Zach Levine, no. <laughs> Not happening. Hasn't happened. So I think, so like what I think you're getting at, and I think maybe this was what you were alluding to earlier. Um, it's probably too much to do here, right? But maybe something to think about long-term is what if we built, like, a WrestleMania fight card of the people that listen to this podcast or, you know, participate in our little text chain or WhatsApp chain and really just, like, went through the list and really paired up the people who would be most likely to fight with each other. On you know on any given pod or drunken draft night because I think you could do most of them. Some people I think are are not fightable. I don't think Dave Artman's throwing down with anybody, you know. Um, but there are some others out there. I think I could get Matt Schmidt going a little bit. Oh sure. I, I, yeah, I think Pat Polk's got a little, got you know got a little a little button to push. You know, if you just talk shit about whatever that grammar guy that he really likes. I mean, it's on Butter Dick. Right? You're talking about Butter Dick. Yeah, butter dick, butter dick, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, we know we know that Alex is always looking to deliver an open hand slap to somebody. Now, the, 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 you want to talk about fight? Like the issue with Alex is that if I do the fight with Alex, he'll he'll come to my house and come in my room yes. and punch me when I'm asleep. 
and it's I'm just going to wake up like with a broken face. I don't need any of that. Yep. Yeah, it's because he doesn't give a fuck. And he'll be like, yeah, I was just on the plane, too. You probably got COVID, idiot. He just walks out of my room. I mean, I've been in fights with Charlie Yorty, like, or, or, or you know, we, we had a rough liftoff, right? Like, and that's, that was pretty easy. I've seen Charlie go, up, go in on people. So I think there's a lot to play with here. One time I talked a bunch of shit and Charlie threw a drink in my face. So I'm going to add Charlie to the list of people I will also not do the fight game with. Uh, it should note, I would generally regard this as justified. I was being bad. I was doing, saying bad things. Um, but either way, again, that's the Lee thing. I, I, I don't think Lee will throw the drink in my face. No, and also, no, I respect, probably respect will not say the wrong thing. I, I think we'd have, a, I think we'd have a good fighting dynamic. And so I think that's an interesting idea to find everybody's, where are you going to have the differences of opinion that can allow you to have the fight that, that people want to see? Because it's, you don't want the stupid rock fight where both people are wrong and you're embarrassed to be, you know, bearing witness to it. You want a good fight. And I think Lee and I could have a good fight. Yeah, and we're, and, and I think we do need to distinguish here. Um, we're not talking about a physical altercation. Absolutely in, in the times, The times of COVID, this has to be some sort of verbal jousting. But what it shouldn't be is uh, debate, right? Like, like like devil's advocate, like, well, I'll take this position just to do it. Like there can be a little bit of like, I'm going to overstate something to see if I can get a rise, but there's got to be like a little kernel of tension right? or else it's not a fight. It's just, yeah, it's I don't want to assign to topics. I want it to be like, we find a thing that we actually disagree on. And I want like, not to any create. And I, the goal is you're pissed off in the moment. And then like an hour later, everything's fine. So, some degree of name calling, probably fine, but like we can't go too far with stuff. And so you got to you got to feel like you're going to have those breaks there on both sides that we don't hit anything we don't want to get into. I I think that the safer way to do that, right? Not instead of call names, I think the safer way is to use whatever criticism you're arguing about to bridge to other things that bothered you about that person or other shitty things that person has said, right? And that's when you get into it. Right, like you, you, like, like, look. If Pat Polk and I are arguing about something because we found, like, you oh, know, Pat topic. Polk is yours, isn't it? Pat Polk is who you want to fight with. I just, it didn't occur to me until now, but that's it. it I, I've argued with Lee more than I've argued with Pat, but Pat talks shit about the thing, and like, <laughs> I like will never let that go, like ever, because of the the specific thing he should talked about the thing was like the most ridiculous. He's like, oh, the effects of their little age, they don't, you know, they don't come off all that well. Like, what? It's the thing. It's the best. So, yeah, it would probably be Pat. It would be Pat or Lee for me. It would not be Dylan. Because I, I don't think anyone could get Dylan and Dave Hartman, like, you can't really get enough to fight with. Also, Dylan, like, if we did this over, like, Zoom, Dylan would just start flexing, and I would just gawk and not even be able to talk anymore. I would I'd have nothing for it. Right. I have no defenses right. when that happens. Uh, I This is a complete sidebar. I recently read the short story on which the thing is based. Have you ever read that? I have not. It's really uh, good. If who, you have a Kindle, you can that? get it for, like, a dollar on Amazon. Is it the dude that wrote I Am Legend? I don't know, but I He wrote something else, I'm right? Sure. I, I, I really don't know much else besides the book. It's it's very short. It's only like 
80, 90 pages or something. Um, I had a very good time. Oh, no, it's it's some, some dude named John Campbell. John Campbell. Dropping stuff. That's good. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who that dude is, but okay. Cool. Yeah, it, it, it was a very good time. I, I highly. It, it's not my plug. Please don't think I'm burning my. Like, this is a, a real podcast. We do stuff in the right order. Plugs will come later, but bonus plug. You can you can read that. Um, the thing. Yeah. Who goes there? I believe it's called. Yeah, I just say it's a. I don't even remember the title, but it's a question like that. So, who goes there? I'm sure is that some things are like shockingly spot on. The same in the movie. And then other things are radically different. Do you mean that like like forty pages and there's a picture of Wilford Brimley? <laughs> yeah. It's like spot on. It's like that's just like the movie. <laughs> um, so I think Rest in is, peace, by the way. What's that? Rest in peace, by the way. Yeah. Okay. The uh, I think I've mentioned before the uh, We Hate Movies podcast that I like very much. And they are currently doing a Wilford Brimley tribute month, where all the movies. Oh, really? Wilford Brimley. It's been. Do you hear my dog? Is my dog barking really loud? I just barely heard something, and if you hadn't said it, I probably would not have even noticed. Okay. Yeah, we can we can we can work through that then. That's fine. They uh, most notably to me, at least, bizarrely did the movie. My Fellow Americans. Have you heard of this? It's from like the mid-90s and it's got yeah. it's got Jack Lemon and it's not Walter Matthau because he it was like after Grumpy Old Men. It's got uh, another guy who's old but not quite as old. Gene Wilde? James Garner. Oh, okay. And they're both like former presidents. And they have an adventure. And it's a very strange movie that for whatever reason, I like had on VHS when I was like 12 and thought was, I can, I didn't even, I've never seen the movie Grumpy Old Men, but somehow like the shitty offshoot movie that no one thinks is good. I must have seen 50 times when I was a kid. And so, and Wilford Brimley is in it as like the head of the DNC. Really? It's extremely strange, but very fun. When you said that, I instantly thought of like that whole run of here's a movie about some white guy who's president, whether it be uh, American president or Dave. Dave was a re- like, another one. I, like, American know? president I had no use for. I also had Dave on VHS and loved that. My sister and I will still <laughs> quote Dave to one another via text pretty frequently. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's incredible! Yeah, I, that was like a little subgenre. Right? I guess there, I, I, it's kind of stopped, right? Yeah, we don't really have movies about presidents anymore. I think a lot of it is it's just too inconvenient to try to figure out what to do with actual politics. Like in my fellow Americans, like one of them is a Democrat and one is a Republican, and they talk about how they have different points of view. And I think now you just wouldn't want to turn the audience off by like I'm supposed to root for this fucking guy who is in Trump's party. I know I would feel that way. Right. I'd be like, well, I hope why that guy he... dies in the first three seconds of the movie. <laughs> why hasn't he killed that Democrat yeah. yet? This movie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's all these scenes where the Democrat goes into a restaurant, and yet it's not a pizza restaurant with space theming where he drinks children's blood. Unrealistic. Right? I haven't seen one sex slavery <laughs> sale in this, in this entire movie. 
Well, that was a great conversation about whether or not we should get into a fight. Let's go on to our next topic. Hey, Bill, what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a sauce that is is not really a condiment. Okay, I feel like we're kind of a condiment focused sauce crew. But and I'm probably gonna butcher the the, the pronunciation. I'm gonna say it the way one of the two ways. I'm gonna say it both ways that I've always said it. Uh, but it's either makani or makani sauce, right? From Indian food, right? Of, of the uh, the Indian food persuasion, also known as butter butter chicken. That's what right. I was going to say. Is I like that's the is that's is that considered the same or are those just similar or? So those are the same. Okay. Okay. And what you got is you got usually marinated protein of some sort, and then you've got a sauce that is essentially some mix of garlic and ginger and Indian spices and some heavy cream and some tomato, um, and it's the best. And here here's why. Um, Here's why it's what I'm bringing to the table. Okay, I'm a little a little bitter about it, and so everyone's going to share in, in my bitter outlook, right? So, um, my buddy went to India for a study abroad way back when, when I was like freshman in college. So when he came back, he was like, "We got to go for Indian food," and that's is like 2001 or whatever. And we're white people from the suburbs. You're like, "Oh, Indian food! Oh my god, uh, <laughs> it's like something something learned thing, right? men of culture, right?" Um, well, I love Indian food or what is passed off as Indian food and is really just, you know, like colonial food. Um, but regardless, I, I really like it. Uh, and chicken makani is typically my, my go-to, right? And so I've eaten it many, many, many times. It's a, it's a, a fixture in our household. Um, I make it occasionally, um, the whole thing. But over the last couple of years, as I've become increasingly disillusioned with the fact that um, my job is to listen to other people bitch about their problems and be like, oh, yeah, no, I'll take care of that for you, which just, I don't know what I was thinking, <laughs> but it's like the worst fucking personality job match ever. Um, I've, I've developed this weird um, aspiration. Like maybe someday I want to like open a restaurant, right? Or like do like the food thing. And my big fucking ticket idea was... Indian Italian fusion, right? No one has ever done Indian Italian fusion. Okay, there's a ton of ingredient overlap. Is it, oh, you got all like, that. This is a tomato sauce from the start. Th there's a there's a ton of carb in both, right? Indian Indian food is very rice heavy, very bread heavy. Um, there's a lot that you can work with there. And so I was like, you know, kind of thinking, what could you do with this? Could you do this? Um, could you mix this dish with that dish? You know. That sort of thing. So then this fucking joint around here that is like a super it's, – it's an Indian restaurant that has launched a very quick, casual, like Indian, like rice bowl type restaurant where you walk down the line, go gimme, 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 and then they give it to you right yep. away, right? Totally started jarring their, their Makani sauce and sending out recipes to make pizzas with them. And I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck's going on here? And so then our friend Tanvi, who uh, was in my wedding, uh, is one of my wife's groomsmen, uh, is of the Indian persuasion. Uh, and I, she sent something to me or maybe a list, like, showed me, hey, here's this this makani pizza 
does it look good? Because I like both of those things. And I'm like, yeah, it actually does look good because it came up with it, right? <laughs> it came up with it a couple years ago, yeah. and now you're now you're nicking my shit. And then Tanvi, like, thought that was the funniest thing in the world. And the last time we went over there for COVID safe drinks, she most definitely made a Makami fucking lasagna. And I was like, this is bullshit because that's my idea. It sounds fucking incredible, though. But I mean, like, if something's really good, like, it should make sense that other people would be like, oh, yeah, why don't we just do this with it? Right. So I'm not sure why I'm so upset other than the fact that, you know, I want to I want to be done bullshitting about the law and I just want to make, you know, Indian pizzas or whatever. Maybe, maybe this is, this is the avenue. Maybe you bring the Italian side to it and you guys like work together and like produce a cookbook or something. Maybe you should see this as an opportunity rather than a setback. That's a really healthy outlook. That seems like it should be a normal thought, (laughs) you know, partnership and collaboration. And I'm like, fuck her! The actual Indian, fuck her! Like, I, I feel yeah. like also having an actual Indian, beneficial. When it's, when it's time to put everybody's face on the right? back cover of the cookbook, it's better if it's yeah. not just, it, here's a me. here's an Italian guy. If it's not me at all, yeah. actually. Yeah. No, no, that's a good idea. And then maybe that's maybe that's the solution here. Um, the, the, by the way, the, I mean, all of this stuff sounds fucking great. Like, the idea of incorporating these specific flavors into a lasagna, into a pizza. How could it go wrong? Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I like this a lot. I think, I think it's an excellent uh, addition to the sauce canon we have on here. Although I, I do question one thing you said early on. Why isn't this a condiment? Uh-oh. Why don't I just put this on whatever I want to put it on? Dipping so, this in fries really going to be so bad? Or dipping fries in this, I should say. But, I mean, sounds fucking good to me. So, the one problem that I had ever had with this particular sauce is they sell it in jarred, like, you know, jarred in, like, the, you know, the international yeah. aisle of whatever grocery store, right? And it's all it's usually there. It's either called butter chicken or, or chicken makhani. Um, sometimes you gotta you got to do a tikka masala, but you're still in the same ballpark. Sure. Um, the jarred stuff is always like, not even like semi-passable. It's like awful. It takes nothing like it. I agree completely. I have made my own of stuff like this. I will say, I think for whatever reason, this is not a thing I've successfully done with tofu or other like non-meat proteins. I know it can be done. I've had it from a restaurant. But whenever I try to make something like <clears> this myself, I don't ever like it. And I yeah. used to make like butter chicken and that worked out great but there's just something that doesn't come through when i try to do it but i will especially say i agree completely the jarred versions of this are a joke and are like so heavy and gross that i I don't think it takes you anywhere at all Um, yeah it's awful yeah and so this this restaurant around here is now jarring it and it seems like it's just as good as what they have Okay. In the restaurant, so it could be. I, I mean, their stuff is just a little sweeter than I like it. But look, I mean, it doesn't taste like garbage. And in theory, it could be like a nice little bread dunk or something. You and know? you could also probably adjust it. I mean, I would think if it's just the sweetness, you just throw some heat in there and then yeah, right? get where you want. I, I, 
little salt. I, I feel so, like... yeah, maybe it can be a, maybe it can be a condiment. Maybe that's another uh, future growth future future growth option. Picture people do those like Italian fries that got red sauce on them. I think I think I've just, never seen that before in my life. Maybe it's a Midwestern thing. I don't think they're very Is it a good. Thing? But I do think that this sauce with fries would be good. I think they do they do that at this restaurant, so someone's on that. There but yeah, I, I so yeah, we should we should Grow it up. I'm, I'm making a. This is a. This is my growth. Dance. Yes, for for the listener, Bill is doing yeah. the universally accepted growth sign. So just picture that. Yeah. Um, I think that's an excellent sauce to bring to the table. Can I, I have one final question? Can I get a, a spelling on that? Uh so it's it's either M A H K A N I or M A K H A N I. I always I, I always forget whether the a, H or the K is first. Exact same I concern think, I had. <laughs> I I believe I believe the K is first. Uh, I'm going to look because I should know that. I should have looked it up beforehand. I I think showing up with the sauce at all is pretty fucking good. It is the K is first. The K is first. Excellent. Well, I, I think that's I think that's a fantastic addition to the sauce cannon. Um, that, by the way, I think it should be established from now going forward that if a sauce hasn't been discussed on Sauce Talk, it's not a sauce. So it doesn't. Right, count. That's fair. And you can eat it, that's but fair. it's just like slop, or it, or, yeah. or or like it's uh, just you should think of it as the same as water. It's, we are it's building water with some stuff in it. So, like, right now... Building the great sauce cannon. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody's ever talked about ketchup. So, if you have ketchup, don't think of it as a sauce. It's just tomato water. It's ketchup. Yeah. It's fine. Tomato butter. Um, we have we have uh, one final major segment. And then, I don't necessarily have this planned out. I think we're just going to start the conversation, see where it leads us. Bill, tell me the tale. I'm looking to get into like the who, what, where, when, why, how, everything. All the reporter questions. Tell me the tale of the first drink, alcoholic drink you ever had. Get the fuck out of here. Um, I was just thinking about this not too long. Ago, oh, really? Right. So, so I was. This is not counting like your dad thinks it's funny. Yeah. Not like I, I definitely had like beer. a sip of champagne at a wedding when I was a tiny little boy. Yeah. Nothing like that. Like you're like not, not didn't have to be like, I got, I fucking was puking an hour later, but like a real drink that you had at your own volition that probably you For had sure. to acquire in some way. So God, was I like, I think I was in sixth grade. I believe I was in sixth grade. It was either fifth or sixth. Um, and I, so what, I'm like 10, 11, 12, maybe. Um, and I, I sleep over with, with this kid that I used to hang out with for like a brief period of time, Ryan, Ryan Carr. Um, uh, it used to be funny and then one day was not funny anymore. Um, but I think it, so his parents were divorced. This is like the early nineties. And I think that was like maybe a bigger deal. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with this kid and, we had a sleepover at his mom's house. Um, <clears throat> and like, for some reason, I don't think she was there, which in retrospect, I can't imagine my parents would be like, Oh yeah, no, my kid could just hang out at your house. 
you know, alone at, you know, at the age of 11. See what happens. Um, I'm pretty sure that he, he stole or whatever, took a bottle of his mother's vodka. Okay. And I'm not positive, but I think we, we drink, we definitely drank it in some sort of like drink mix, like, uh, like Kool-Aid or Crystal Light, which is kind of what I think it was. Like genuinely, I think it was like a red Crystal Light. And we had these giant fucking like plastic, you know, like back when uh, McDonald's used to like have those promos where they oh, have yeah. like the, the pro, like the 89 ounce, you know, fucking like yeah. gallon of, of Coke. It was like, we each had one of those. And it was like, I mean, I'm 11, right? 11 or 12. So I don't know what it's like. No, like I got a jigger that I'm like two ounces. <laughs> like I'm just like glug, 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 glug. So uh, I'm pretty sure that we took like an obscene amount of the vodka and poured them into two of those giant cups. Because how would you and know? Like, why, like, I, are there things right? that come in a bottle you don't just then pour out one ounce at a time? It's like, no, this is good, I so I drink know. lots of it. I drink a bottle of it. I didn't. I didn't know how to moderate vodka until I was like 28. So at like 12 is not going to do it. And so I think we went glug, glug, glug. And then, you know, like Crystal Light. And I'm pretty sure that we watched Ace Ventura. I don't know if it's the first one or the second one. I think it's the first one. Anyway, I'm pretty sure we watched an Ace Ventura movie and like got drunk. Right. But all that happened was uh it tasted like poison right i like it was because i'm sure it wasn't like stoli elite it was probably like you know something in a plastic jug uh and it probably burned like varnish going down well, i bet when his and mom I, drank this she wasn't drinking it 50 percent vodka 50 percent crystal light she probably had just, other methods for consuming she, this she cutting that shit right she's <laughs> stepping on it a couple times not us we might as well just drink it out of the bottle. Yeah. Um, and I just remember not getting anywhere that I thought uh, properly described drunk, right? Like, I, I don't know what I was expecting. I knew that people got drunk. My parents used to get drunk. And that was the time they would ask them for things because they would usually say yes. Yeah. It was great. Um, this was not that. This was I had a headache, and I'm pretty sure he fell asleep and, like, just passed out. And I think I played, like, NHL 94 on the Super Nintendo. So, like, that was the whole first time I was like, oh, yeah, no, let's let's get after it. And I got after it this much. I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is not for me at all. Um, I like how, on the whole, like, obviously, you don't want that specific drink, probably, and certainly not at those ratios. I guess we do know someone who – I guess Dylan was always more of a – Bacardi than vodka. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But but still, like on the whole, like drink a bunch of vodka and watch Ace Ventura and play NHL '94. If somebody said like, "Hey, that's happening at your house tonight," you'd be pretty fucking excited. Oh, stoked! It could be a good night for me. That's great. Yeah, (laughs) maybe with a better portion, but yeah, yeah. Like perhaps you can adjust the drink, but otherwise, like. Like and, and maybe Ryan doesn't need to come over. Maybe somebody else can come over. Or I guess no, today that, I nobody can come over. But... He might be dead. But anyway, that, 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 let's just talk about that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, he might be dead. 
he was definitely passed out in the basement when I left, face down in his own vomit. I have no idea what happened might, after that. He might still yeah. be dead. I think he moved away or something, because he never came back to school again. <laughs> Um, do you do you have an answer for this? Like, I is, do have an you answer have, like, for a, this. A memorable. Yeah. Uh, How old were you? No, that's what I was going to start with. Is do you think that's an? I think you were pretty young. I think that's pretty young too. Yeah. I got I got a little pang of uh of like oh no don't, you're tipping your hand bro yeah well I mean it, it, clearly stuff has worked out everything's okay it's not like uh, <laughs> as I'm chugging a beer oh yeah yeah no it's. Monday and I'm drinking. <laughs> Everything's worked out great. If you're on the podcast, it's fine. I am. I am drinking. What, what do you got there? But I'm drinking a Shell's Deer Brand uh, Lager. It is very. Oh. good. it has a big deer head. If I can point at the camera properly, but I don't know if I can. Oh, here's the deer head. It's very light. Oh yeah, there he is. He's That's cool. cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, I am drinking a uh, Monkish Peanuts, which is an other half stout. Uh, with, quote, peanut butter, cacao nibs, and vanilla. Uh, it's 14%, so that oh, was boy. a little bigger than I expected to go this evening. Um, but I looked in the fridge, and I wanted something that tasted kind of new or different, and that's where I landed. So I love peanut butter stouts and porters very much. Yes? Yeah, pretty good. That's pretty, a thing. Pretty solid. Yeah. When, when I see that, that's usually... I think I will gravitate towards. Um, I was probably, I will guess that you were a little younger than the average. I was probably a little older. I was 19 when I had okay. my first real drink. Uh, when I was a sophomore in undergrad, uh, at the very beginning of the semester, through a bizarre confluence of circumstances, I started dating a woman who had just graduated from college. <clears throat> um. Just keep, that's keep, not what the yeah. story is. So that no, happened. keep going. But I, I got, I got comments. And uh, she was only twenty one, but she had like, she was like early through school and stuff. So <laughs> she had graduated in the spring, and now it was the fall. And then we started dating, and then we had not been dating for very long. But then she found out that I had never had a drink really, besides like we talked about. Like, my dad definitely did the, like, oh, see see what beer tastes like. And I was like, oh, it's terrible. And he's like, ha, ha, yeah. And then I definitely tasted champagne at a wedding. That All the extremely basic stuff. But I never really had a drink. And so she said, we're, this is going to happen immediately. You're, you're, you're going to come hang out with me. We're going to get fucking drunk. It's going to be cool. And I was like, yes, please. And so um, we went to... Uh, uh, a, a hotel in the Chicago suburbs because she lived in Chicago. And more great reasons what? we were a great couple. Uh, what Chicago suburb? I don't remember. I couldn't tell you. Like that was our main. Like during this period, that was like our main hangout. She had like a job and some mm -hmm. money, and so she probably I, had a four hundred one k too, which is a little weird. Yeah, exactly. To, to be dating, to be dating a, a college sophomore with a four hundred one k is a little. She weird. had a four hundred one k. I was basically pre k. Oh, <laughs> hey -o. Um, uh, You like the pre k, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we went. So I don't remember where this was. Um, and again, I think this also reflects very poorly upon. I guess she's only twenty one. She's technically a college graduate, but not that far out. But 
like she's like this guy has never never had a drink before. You'd think maybe we show up with something good. No, handle of uh, Bacardi Superior and a two liter of Diet Coke. Okay, and that's what I mean, we're getting into. Which I mean is is moderately standard, but also she had training wheels. Certainly now I don't regard as any good. I know I'm certain that I am like biased against Bacardi Superior and have been my whole life. Because it was my first drinking experience, I didn't have a good time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I did like the normal thing where I had like two drinks and I was like, yeah, I don't really feel anything. And she was like, you could just have a couple shots. Again, bad guidance. <sighs> Extremely poor guidance. Yeah. Not what I needed in this moment. I also have thought about this. In your, it, it, it does seem irresponsible. I also wonder about her intentions on the evening. Certainly, if she was like, I gotta, I'm gonna hook up with this guy. We got this hotel room. Boy, making me drink so much that I puke is not a good way to get there. That sure is what we did. And so, Amateur like, I eventually I was like, oh, I am very drunk, and this is very fun. I've learned that drinking is fun. And for, like, you, it sounds like you skipped that window. I got to have it for like ten or fifteen minutes, and then it was like, <laughs> oh, and then the next stage is the room spins, and the next stage is I go in the bathroom and throw up, and so that's what happened. And it sucked. And she was very upset and apologetic thereafter. It was like, I didn't do this right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have made you drink so much you threw. And she didn't make me, but she also could have been like, just as how you didn't know how much vodka and crystal light to put in the glass. I don't, I have no idea what my tolerance is. And I'm sure it was zilch. So I had a bad well, time. I, I mean, like, so, so there's, so there's two schools, right? So if you were to be like a nascent drinker and you wanted to like get in on the liquor thing, I feel like this is always where you end up, right? It's just a matter of which liquor you ruin for yourself for the rest of your life. Fair. And thankfully, most of it's garbage anyway, right? Like like not most liquor. Most liquor that you get like disastrously wasted off of when you're 18, 19, 20, 21 – is like not good. It's not like it's you know the finest bourbon, and you're like crushing it. I I similarly like the the things I basically don't want to drink unless it's somehow buried in some special cocktail, and I can't tell it's there. Are Bacardi Superior and Southern Comfort. Say it, Southern Comfort. Yeah. Thank you. It is the patron saint of I don't want to do this anymore. And like and that is one that so bad before I had my worst experience. I thought like. God damn, Southern Comfort is delicious. It is extreme. Okay, so maybe that is a loss. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if I hadn't ruined it, I'd be... No, that does sound sad. If I was 35, I'd just sip at Southern Comfort at home four nights a week. But uh, that, that, is, <laughs> that is the peak, like, like the quintessential Southern Comfort experience, is that when you're a young drinker, it is legitimately, objectively good. Like you spend more to get it because you like it so much. And you like, overdo it. The budget. You, you you inevitably overdo it, like probably multiple times. But one time really caps it, and then you just pretty much never touch the stuff again. Throwing up in my parents' hot tub. Yep. Yep. Throwing up in a hotel room yep. after I went quote shot for shot. There you go. With my buddy on on his twenty second birthday and my like nineteenth. Great. Yeah. Great news for everyone. I had like a little bit of a resurgence. 
when they when they started doing Soko line shots, I was like, I could make, I could be okay. But I mean, that was 15 years ago, and I have, I'm, I'm all set. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I. Oh, oh God. No, I was just gonna say. I, I hope I. I think I had a similar thing. I think for me, I think it was after the general Soko Lime prevalence, but I think during law school, mm-hmm. like that was when I was aware of that as a thing. And I definitely made it up for that and had some of that. But in general, I don't think I've probably had any Southern comfort since law school. I, yeah. It's hard for me to foresee ever having it again. I, I would probably, if I like went back to like my undergrad for like a, let's go get hammered weekend with my buddies, which I mean, Jesus Christ, 38 years old, 39, they're running into like college bars. Like, I'm all your dad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can't imagine that'll happen, but I could see myself tipping a few back. We were just waxing, uh, uh, waxing rueful on the loss of, um, on the loss of Red Bull vodka as a staple drink. Out at the bars. It's been a minute since I've had a Red Bull vodka. My heart thanks me. Um, there's that thing where everybody's, and it's been ongoing for a while, and it's honestly calmed down, but especially for a bit, and still to some extent, everybody was extremely excited about the oral history, and that was all anybody wanted to read. And a lot of yeah. mid-level websites, I think, started uh, publishing <laughs> articles that, perhaps did not need to be an oral history to begin with. And even <laughs> like to satisfy the aims of the article, even if you assume those aims are true, uh, didn't need to be an oral history to satisfy like what they were hoping to achieve. But nonetheless, oral history is popular, release them anyway. I definitely read an oral history of the Red Bull vodka moderately <laughs> recently. And I had a good time reading it. And I thought of you, I thought like, not that you were like exclusively drinking them or anything, but it was like, like a Bill didn't get to the bar until ten o'clock tonight. He's he's a little behind. He knows the way to catch up. Let's get it going. Get it going. Yeah. Now it's that. I mean, I wouldn't even know. I feel like if I'd order one, someone would be like, "What? We don't have Red Bull. What is this? A gas station? <laughs> like, I don't. I, like, do they have Red Bull in bars anymore? Do they do Jaeger bombs? Uh, I don't know anything about Jaeger bombs. This article said that the Red Bull vodka was like invented independently by bartenders or something. But then Red Bull found out about it and it was like, this is a market that we haven't been able to touch because they're into like healthy people and trying to market as like an outdoorsy thing. Yeah. And so they just started sending those refrigerators to bars for free. Like the Red Bull refrigerator saying, it just has to be stocked with only Red Bull, but you'll, you can just have it. And then it just became like an ad behind every bar in America and they just went crazy. Well, and that's how that's how you knew you're in a classy establishment, is they had the cooler with actual Red Bull, not not the the generic Red Bull that came off the gun. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. You, if you ordered a Red Bull vodka and someone went, "Well, vodka gun," you were like, "Oh no!" Come <laughs> like I guess like, it's going to be not, one of these tonight. Yeah, you're going to feel hungover for the rest of your life. It's not great. I mean, I still drank them, but. I had a, I was never a Red Bull vodka guy, but in undergrad, I did have a period where I got really into drinking like monster energy drink. 
as mm-hmm. a chaser for whatever shots I was doing in an effort to explode my heart. And I failed, <laughs> so I'm still here. But uh, in retrospect, it's like, I don't, doesn't seem good, doesn't seem fun, doesn't seem like how you get drunk and have a good time. I don't quite know why I thought this was such a cool idea, but for a six or nine month period, I was really into it. Um, I'm not like, I've never been like a cocaine guy, but I always sort of just figured it was like cocaine for people who didn't want to do cocaine. So like, how could you get like tore up and still like sort of amped up at the same time and not feel like you're going to crash? And I mean, I had like after college, I was in a bowling league with my buddy, with my buddies, um, most of whom still drink like Captain and Coke, like somehow, um, you know, 25 years into their drinking career, they're still, <laughs> still banging on the double Captain and Coke. Um, but we would crush monster, like the green monster, um, not Fenway, but the green colored <laughs> can of monster, um, with, with just loads of vodka every, every bowling night, which was like Wednesday. And by the end of the night, it was like, I'm hammered and completely alert. What can we do? <laughs> It sounds like a good thing. Maybe, maybe we're fucking up. Maybe we need to go back. And, and maybe Bacardi Superior and Diet Coke and half a glass of vodka and half a glass of Crystal Light. These are the best things. Yeah, we're, I'm going to have to give it a go this weekend. Celebrate the, the Thanksgiving. I'll, we'll have you go first, so then you can, you can come back and report <laughs> back and let me know how that went for you. I'll make sure you guys get a copy of my death certificate. <laughs> um... Bill, there's time for just one more segment. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? So um, I'll give you the one plug. So my wife, my wife and I really like um, tacos and burritos. Hell yeah. Uh, We both have spent a fair amount of time in Southern California. I spent some time in Arizona. I had a lot of good Mexican food. And the biggest problem with, um, breakfast burritos or tacos here, or really most places, is there's the tortilla, right? The tortilla, you just can never get something comparable, right? So my wife bought these tortillas, okay, from some Mexican people in Kansas, which I realize just sounds absurd. But they're uh, vacuum-packed fresh. Um, I think there's like 10 or 12 of them flour tortillas made with avocado oil. Um, so it's not like bacon, bacon fat or anything like that, but they're, you know, flour tortillas. I think it's called, so I'm going to say it wrong. Um, I think, but it's, it's like caramello, but it's like, like the candy bar only with one L. So C A R A M E L O. And she, she ordered these things. I don't know if she saw them on Bon Appetit or something, but she, she saw them and ordered them. And like talked about these things coming in the mail for like weeks. And then finally they were FedEx to her and she's like, Oh, are you going to be home? You got to be there. <laughs> got to be there to take my tortillas and like put them in the fridge right away. And when they got here, they were totally warm. Like not like, like FedEx, like had microwaved them <laughs> and brought them back. <laughs> so I threw them right in the fridge and then I made tacos with them last week. We, I've, I've spoken previously about my, my, my love of the chicken taco. And so I, made chicken tacos with the, you know, with the express purpose of eating these tortillas. And, oh, my God, they're, like, ridiculous. Really? They are ridiculous. Like, if you take 
they're, you know, they're really thin. You take the, take the little guy out, you throw it right on like a decently warm, like cast iron. They don't cook. They blow up the way that tortillas yeah. are supposed to, right? Like when you do it over the, over the flame. So like now it looks like a whoopee cushion and it's like charred in some spots. Oh my God. They're the best, the best fucking tortillas in the world. I mean, other than like what you're getting at Super Bronco in San Diego. This is a truly fantastic pluck. I think that I, I know I am listening to this. Very excited to Google this the moment we are done. I suspect many listeners out there are feeling exactly the same way. I, I assume I will purchase these tortillas. They sound really good. I, I hope they're not like stupid. I hope my wife didn't like drink a bunch of wine and get like thirty dollar tortillas <laughs> because that would make us look awful. I want to say they're probably like seven or eight bucks sure. plus shipping, so maybe they're a little little pricey. But I think it's worth it. Sounds really good. Because as you say, that is the number one biggest thing. <clears throat> Just at home, whatever you can go and find, no matter how much you try, where you go, at least here in Minnesota. I'm just not accidentally bumping into a tortilla I give a shit about anywhere that tastes no. like anything at all. And so no, just, that, if you that get the ones off... so much of like all your taco or burrito fillings now because they've got a, they're starting out at a negative. They got so much to make up. Yeah, yeah. The tortilla should give should add exactly, something yeah. to you the taco. Be excited about it. And I usually do like a white corn that I do on the on the the, the cast iron and cook it up a little bit, and it's like fine. But it's not an asset. This is like a legit asset. Caramello 1L. 1L. I'm excited. <clears throat> My plug, you guys, I am still watching the Andy Griffith show. I've been watching a lot of Andy Griffith's show, and it is a good fucking show. Uh, Opie has a lot of wise things to say if you only take a minute and listen. And then... Uh, it is extremely sweet, but smarter, and it also is such a time capsule. In one of the episodes, uh, I won't go into all the backstory, but there's a singing comp not a competition, there's like a singing performance for a bunch of fancy pants people in Mayberry. And then the town accidentally nominates this, you know, backwoods farmer to be their singer, because he's a good singer, but he doesn't look the part. And then uh, he just comes out in like overalls and he's unshaven. And But then he's a beautiful singer and he sings a song about living out on a farm. And all the fancy people are all impressed and everyone's like so relieved that they, he didn't embarrass them. And then the leader of the fancy people is like, it was such a good idea to dress this great singer that way. It just feels so much more authentic. And so this is a show in 1962 making fun of fancy white people for thinking things that are authentic when they really right, cultural appropriation. Yeah, it's such a weird, it's like, I didn't think anybody thought about that before like 1990, but now it's like, no, Correct. I want, when I see this country man singing, I love how authentic it feels. And they're like fooling themselves. It's like, wow. I just like it, it, it. So the show is like, it's, we all, I talk about this on the show all the time. When I watch things or read things from the past, I am continually like surprised with how like no people were thinking about the same sort of things back then, and that's true to some extent. But it's also obvious that nobody was thinking about well. I hope the president doesn't refuse to stop being the president and stay in the White House. <laughs> but there are plenty of things, just like like this idea of authenticity as like a cultural value that only certain people get to try to value, is right there in the show, and this is fucking fifty years old. Yeah, I mean, like, isn't 
like the whole shtick behind uh, the Andy Griffith show is that it's like non pretentiously authentic, right? Is like, is like here's some funny things that happen in a small town. Where were they in Georgia? North Carolina. Sandy Griffith show in North Carolina. Yeah. Okay, same fucking thing. Um, oh no, one's one's blue and one's not. So go, go Georgia. <laughs> um, <laughs> Joe Biden has many wins in in Atlanta as <laughs> as the Falcons. It's terrific. Um, but like that was the whole thing, right? It's like this wholesome, not performative in any way, sort of slice of Americana. At least that's how we right? perceive it. But plainly, at least that that's the, the way case. that we perceive it. It ain't so. It ain't so. Yeah. But I mean, I, like I've seen Matlock and like, now, it's clearly again, the same sort of aesthetic. <laughs> I have not revisited. Like, well, I guess I, it would not, it would not even be revisiting Matlock. I have no Matlock knowledge besides like what happens oh in God. the rest of development and the Simpsons. Like those, Matlock's those are like my 40%. Matlock's. What's that? Matlock's like 40% of the reason I went to law school. <laughs> it's like John Grisham, like 50%. Matlock 40, and then the weird little blurb about average starting salary for an assistant district attorney in that weird book that I read in junior high. That's like 10%. That's about it. None of those things are real. Like, <laughs> zero of them. And it all worked, and soon you'll be selling a cookbook and opening a restaurant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but either way, it sounds like we everyone has some tortillas to eat, and Andy Griffith to watch. So we've got lots of good things coming to us soon. Bill, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, John. Best wishes in the intervening.